Welcome to the Junk Refund Show, hosted by Alan J. Cook, founder of 1-800-JUNK-REFUND. Have you ever paid those expensive junk removal companies to take away some of your stuff? Only to say to yourself, as a truck drives off down the street, some of that stuff wasn't junk. Did they try to sell it for you and give you some money back? No. Well... Now there is a company that can do just that. Listen to our weekly Junk Refund Show on BBS Radio TV to learn how one lady spent $375 on junk removal and got $3,200 back. 1-800-JUNK-REFUND represents the next generation of junk removal. Learn how to not only save your money on junk removal, but how to get some money coming back. Plus, purchase one of our radio vouchers during the show to save even more on your junk removal. Let's get the junk out of your home and out of your life. Now, with your host, Alan J. Cook. Hey everybody, it's uh, Alan Cook coming to you from the North Bethesda, Maryland area. Uh, shout out to these uh, great guys at bbsradio.com who have put together such a, a good radio station system, etc., that expands around the world. We are pleased to be a part of their system, and uh, those guys have great radio voices themselves, as you can hear with the uh, the introduction there. But Anyway, we are thrilled to be here. It's been a fun week. I've got a lot to talk to you about, a lot of things that I've seen, and it all comes down to one word, and that word is greatness, because I saw it last week, and I am excited to tell you about what I saw, uh, predominantly in the form of one brilliant actor and a brilliant human being named Michael J. Fox. But we'll get to that as we go through the show. I just want to tell you kind of what my week has been like. It's been, it's been a blast. It's been fun. I've seen some stuff that uh, you don't normally see in a, in a regular week, but it is highlighted by the greatness that is Michael J. Fox, um, which we will be talking about predominantly today during the show. I've got a good buddy named Dave who invited me to come out to his brother's annual event in Salt Lake City called Fan X. Fan X is like the Salt Lake Comic Con convention, um, but they, you can't use the Comic Con because that's a trademark name. So they changed the name to Fan X, F-A-N capital X. And the X stands for experience. Um, Dan Farr, Dave's brother, who is the CEO of Fan X, was a guest on my show about three months ago and talked about the growth of this uh, event. It is the largest convention in the state of Utah. They get anywhere from 50,000 to 100,000 people coming through there in a three-day period. And there are, I don't know how many, I'm going to say hundreds of exhibitors who are there with all kinds of stuff that they sell for the three days. They rent out the Salt Palace, um, formerly the place where the Utah Jazz played basketball, but it's a big arena. It's a big place. And I get put in, I, I go out every year just as a volunteer. I went out last year for, for Thursday, and um, they assigned me to work in the autograph area for William Shatner. And so for 
a day on Thursday, I was the guy along with the lady who was next to me that sat at a table about 30 feet in front of William Shatner, and he came up to us if you wanted to get William Shatner's autograph. And the process was pretty simple. You give us 120 bucks cash, that's C-A-S-H, for each autograph that you want. We take the money, jam it into a bank bag that's at our feet down in a box, and you just keep coming up to the table, keep giving us cash, and we take the cash and jam it in there. And then we give you a ticket, and that a ticket you then use to approach the bench, to use courtroom lingo. You approach the bench where William and his agent are seated behind there. You give the agent the ticket. William Shatner then autographs whatever you want him to autograph, and you walk out as joyful and happy as a kid on Christmas morning. So that's what I did last year, and I had a blast doing it, and it was a lot of fun. And this year I said, hey, just put me down for three days. I'll come out and help you out for three days. So it was. So I did. And that's where I spent Thursday, Friday, and Saturday of last week. In fact, a week ago today, and my good buddy Dave arranged for me to interview Quentin Aaron, who is the co-star of the movie The Blind Side, and the show that we did last week, was all about Quentin and his life. I would refer you to that show because there's some wonderful things that I think we learned about Quentin that may not be publicly known, but now they are because it's on radio. But what a great guy. What a great story. I will tell you just one highlight from that interview as kind of a lead into what I'm going to talk about today. When, when Quentin was 24, he tried out for the part um, on the blind side. And... Um, and hold on just a quick second here. Boom. Okay. When Quentin was 24, he tried out for the part of the, on the blind side and tried out for the part of Michael Orr and he weighed 400 pounds and he tried out for the part. He lived in the Bronx, New York in an apartment with his younger brother and his mother. And his mother told him after the audition, sometime after the audition, not sure how long after she said, there is no way they're going to make this movie without you. His wonderful mom always taught him to be your best self. And and a while after that, his mother passed away. So Quentin and his brother stayed in the apartment that was his mother's for a while longer until one day he got an eviction notice. Quentin was trying to get work as a security guard in New York City. He was having trouble finding jobs. He couldn't find a job. It was frustrating to him. In the meantime, he tried out for this part in the blind side. And he gets the uh, eviction notice in the mail and reads it. And the eviction notice says, you have 72 hours to be out of the apartment. 30 seconds later, he gets the phone call that says, we want you to be in the blind side. And the next morning, they fly him and his brother first class down to Atlanta to start working on the movie and to work out all the details. Now, how's that for a a great experience in your life? And Quentin's life has not been the same ever since. As I was sitting with him last Thursday in the green room, which is the celebrity room at Fan X in Salt Lake City, I had my back to the crowd because I kind of had Quentin and I over in a corner so we could do the radio show live without getting interrupted too much and without too much volume. But as other celebrities were arriving into town, they came to the green room, they saw Quentin, who was facing the crowd, I had my back to them, and they would just walk up and say hi. And Quentin has the most amazing smile. He just has a killer smile. And these people came up and just said, 
hey, how are you? They hugged him. They gave him a kiss on the cheek, etc. And Quentin would introduce me to these folks, some of whom I knew, some of whom I didn't. All of them are celebrities. And he was just, uh, you know, it's hard to miss a guy who is 6'8 and about 400 pounds, you know, who has a big smile and everybody likes him. So that was the show we did last week. I invite you to go to the podcast um, at bbsradio.com. Go to the podcast and listen to that show if you want to hear how a wonderful guy is bouncing through life and is doing terrific things. I even asked him, rather than start with talking about the blind side, which was 14 years ago, I basically said, let's start now. Let's talk about what's going on in your life now and then work back. And I said, what's the most exciting thing going on in your life now? And he kind of went quiet for a second, and then he smiled, and he said, well, I'm engaged. I don't know if people knew that he was engaged. He didn't want to talk much about it, but he's, he's engaged. He's having a great time. And when I asked him about his mom, he pulled on, he just, he, he pulled out this, it, it looks almost like the shape of a dog tag that you'd see in, with military folks. He's got a necklace that he wears. He pulls out the, the dog tag rectangular kind of metal mini slab, so to speak, whatever we call that, that is at the end of that necklace. And on that, on that little dog tag shaped thing, rectangular thing, he has a picture that is engraved of his mother and himself. And on the back, he turned it over and he showed me, and on the back, it had advice from his mom on how to be successful in life. And part of that is always be your best self and always do your best. So that was my, that was my introduction to what was a fabulous three days at FanX, is getting about an hour, almost an hour and a half to just do the show from FanX and to talk with Quentin Aaron, which was a blast. Um, while I was there, I was one of the first people there. Um, I just happened to get in there a little bit early on Thursday, and so I would meet some of these folks that came in. Um, the big attraction this year for FanX was Back to the Future cast. Um, all the main folks, most of the main folks, I guess I should say, were there. Leah Thompson was supposed to be there. I didn't see her. I don't know that she was actually there, but they had... Um, a lot of other folks that were there that were just terrific, and it was fun to see them. One of those was Christopher Lloyd, the professor, who is a fabulous guy. He came walking through the green room, and I just got a chance to say hi to him, tell him what a great actor he is, etc. He was there for three days, signing autographs, having pictures taken with him and, and people that wanted to uh, be with him. And was just a terrific, kind gentleman. And speaking of terrific, kind gentlemen, next to him in the booth was Thomas Wilson. Now, <clears throat> hopefully you know that name, but if you don't know that name, you'll know the name Biff, because he played Biff in the Back to the Future series. Tom is, uh, as you can imagine, a little bit bigger than Michael J. Fox. Tom, as does Christopher, has gray hair. It's been a few years since they did this. Tom had a booth next to Christopher Lloyd. People would do the same thing, line up to get the autograph, line up to get the selfie, etc., pay to have all of that done. And there was a person, a volunteer, or an agent from these actors that was there handling the, the transactions and everything at the time. It was a lot of fun to see Biff, which I, I just referred to him as Biff. <laughs> he was great. And he 
he did something that was pretty clever, pretty cool. I, I was in front of these two guys for most of the time, actually, where they had a whole a bunch of, of tables set up, rectangular tables next to each other that had eight by 10 photos of these actors from various movies they had been in um, positioned there around this, this booth area. And the idea was you come up, you buy a photo for 10 bucks, you either pay me or you pay the people if you want to spend more and get, you know, a selfie and, and an autograph and stuff like that. I just kind of handled the simple photo stuff. But I was positioned right in front of Christopher Lloyd and Tom Wilson and right next to a big black, a bigger area, much bigger, blacked off or blocked off with black curtains where uh, Michael J. Fox was. And so you couldn't see Michael from where I was. Um, he's kind of insulated back there, almost like a maze. He's kind of back in the middle of the maze. We'll tell you more about that in a minute. But Tom Wilson and Christopher Lloyd, you can come up and say hi to them and get their autographs and, and pay for it and all that good stuff. They'll sign your favorite photo. It was, it was really terrific. It, it was um, uh, uh, just a great, a great thing that was happening. And lots of people were there. So people for Christopher Lloyd lined up pretty deeply. People for Tom Wilson lined up not as deeply, but still regularly. And my man Biff did a great thing. He, he would leave from sitting behind uh, basically a desk where he and his assistant are. He would come out in front and just walk down the line and shake the hands of everybody who was there to to meet him and to get his autograph. And um, that's unusual. That doesn't usually happen. Usually these celebrities will, because they kind of don't have much of a choice, I don't think, they stay behind the table, they sign the autographs, they do what, you know, what the crowd would like them to do, and they go from there. Um, Biff was different. Biff would occasionally just stand up, walk down, and, and just shake the hands of everybody in the line. He said something like, yeah, we just want to make sure you had a personal experience here, etc." Well, his line, not long after he did that, his line basically disappeared. He had signed all the autographs, and he was still sitting there at the table. And I just walked up to him and shook his hand and introduced myself and told him how cool I thought it was that he stepped out from behind there when he had a line and went down the line and shook everybody's hand and said hi to him. He doesn't have to do that. Nobody's paying him to do that. He just did that because that's what he wanted to do. And I thought, now, that's a great thing that he did that. That's, that stands out. I thought that was great. Um, so you've got, if you're standing in front of these celebrities, on the far left, you have this big curtained-off area. Like I said, like a big maze with black curtains that are kind of uh, partitioning this off. And somewhere back in the middle of that maze, Michael J. Fox is going to show up and autograph stuff and take photos with you and stuff. And it was a big area because there were big crowds there to see him. Um, moving to the right, you then have Christopher Lloyd with his, his blocked off booth area, but it's open and you can see him and he's there and the crowd's there and stuff. There's no maze type thing. It's open. Next to him, you have Tom Wilson um, signing and doing that. Next to him, you have two really cool guys named James and Oliver Phelps. Those names you probably know. If you don't know those names, they are the Weasley brothers in the Harry Potter series. The twin brothers. Ron Weasley's older brothers. Those two guys were there. 
in the next booth. This is like the who's who of the film industry. It's really kind of fun to, to be there and see these folks. Those two guys for three days had a, had a constant line, which, and they, they take these lines. It's not just a single line going up to the booth. They kind of weave them back and forth. Like you're in Walt Disney world on a busy day. You know, they, th- these lines are like three wide and you basically approach the table, you do a U-turn, you come back to the starting point, you do a U-turn, you go back to the table and then you get to meet them. That kind of a thing. The, uh, the Phelps brothers for three days had a constant line. And, and I got to tell you, I, as I was there and I mean, I watched these guys for three days, I watched them interact with hundreds and hundreds, probably thousands of people over the course of those three days. Those two guys never stopped smiling. Not once. They were either joking between themselves, laughing between themselves, or they were joking with people who were, were the, the customers who were up there and they were signing. Or they would step out from around behind the table and they would, they would you know, one on one side, one on the other side, they'd put their arms around, you know, Susan, and they'd snap, Susan's friends would snap a selfie, which Susan paid for, right? But these guys constantly were happy. They were not stressed out. They were not tired. They were not, I mean, if they were tired, they didn't show it. They were amazingly upbeat for what runs about from 10 o'clock in the morning till about seven o'clock at night. What's that? Nine hours. Um, with, with just occasionally a break, you know, to take a little bit of time up. They have autograph sessions. They do, they do get a break and maybe a couple of breaks during the day. But those guys were having as much fun as any celebrity that was there that I saw. And they, they just made you feel like you were on the set of Harry Potter, right? I mean, it, just, it was just incredible. Um, what was also fun was to watch, and in this case, a couple of young ladies who were dressed up in Harry Potter costumes, you know, etc. They were kind of in their Gryffindorf robes or whatever, let's say. Anyway, they were, they were coming up, and when they spotted the Weasley brothers for the first time, it's, it's like they were looking at God. I mean, it was just like, oh, they, just, they put their hands up to their mouths. Their mouths opened up as wide as possible. They started to jump up and down spontaneously. They tapped their friend on the shoulder to make sure they saw what they were saying. You know, you get the idea. It's really amazing to me to see people just instantly be overjoyed. And that's what it was, instantly be overjoyed. They saw the characters from the movies live and in front of them only 30 or 40 feet away, and they almost couldn't contain themselves. That's really fun to watch. That is a great thing to watch as well. It's really fun to see people kind of step out of their day-to-day lives and live their fantasy by putting themselves in a position where their superheroes are right there in front of them live. It's the whole spirit and the magic of Fan X. It's just what people do. And they love to do it, and they just have such a great time doing it they spend big bucks. They look forward to it all year long. Many of these people, an older couple dressed in costume, came down from Rock Springs, Wyoming. I met a lady who had flown up from um, San Jose, California. 
I met a mother and her son. Um, I'm going to use the word handicapped son. It's probably a better word to, to use. We'll come back to that in a second, too. But they had flown up from Tampa, Florida, because they wanted to meet Michael J. Fox. And these people are just having a blast because they're living the dream of meeting their celebrity. And it, it is so much fun to watch somebody experience that live. It's all spontaneous. It's, they're filled with joy. And that's the experience of Fan X, hence the name. Give the fans a great experience. And these guys do it brilliantly. They have four different sites around the country. They go to Tampa, Atlanta, Indianapolis, and Salt Lake City. They're growing that way. And they're just having a blast. I think Salt Lake is the biggest one that they do. But it was, it was great for me to see people having so much fun, to see these brilliant actors doing what they're doing and making it so much fun for their fans, which leads me into back to the title of greatness and what I saw. This is all a lead-in to the greatest stuff that I saw, which we're going to talk about when we get back from a break. You're listening to the Junk Refund Show. Coming to you from North Bethesda, Maryland, I'm Alan Cook, founder of 1-800-JUNK-REFUND. We will talk about junk removal during the show, but we're more interested today in talking about greatness. And we'll be back to talk about that, and I'll tell you more about what I saw. It gets better and better in just a few minutes on the Junk Refund Show. We'll take a break, and we'll be back in about a minute. Thanks. Have you ever hired one of those expensive junk removal companies? then wondered what they did with the stuff? Especially the good stuff. At 1-800-JUNK-REFUND, we junk the junk. Recycle stuff like metal and wire. Donate items and get you receipts. And put up for sale the good stuff. And if it sells, you get some money back. Cynthia paid $375 for junk removal and got 3200 back. Would you like to know how she did it? Tune in to the Junk Refund Show with your host, Alan J. Cook, every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time to get the junk not only out of your home, but also out of your life. Hey, this is Alan Cook coming to you from North Bethesda, Maryland, host of the Junk Refund Show. Thank you for joining in and listening in. By the way, you're welcome to call the station if you have been to Comic-Con or FanX or any of these you know, celebrity events and you want to share uh, something with us that you saw, feel free to call us. It's 888-627-6008, and uh, we'll be happy to take your questions, your stories, your comments, etc., this was a, just a lot of fun. I spent three days last week at FanX in Salt Lake City, and they put me in Celebrity Row. They had 93 celebrities come out this year and have booths, and they are there to sign autographs. They can make a boatload of money because they get, they get paid for their autographs, etc. Some of those autographs are 40 bucks. If you wanted Michael J. Fox's autograph, it's $225. And they just range, depend. I guess the celebrity sets the price, I think. William Shatner last year was there. He was not there this year, but he was there last year. 120 bucks for his autograph. And last year they assigned me to be at the table taking the money for William Shatner's autograph. 
and people would walk up and say, I just need one. I'd be 120 bucks cash. They'd give it to me. I'd put it in a bank envelope at my feet in a box, and then I'd give them a ticket. Some people come up and say, I want three, and they had little mementos. I learned what these pops, P-O-P, little uh, bobbleheads, I guess is a way to say it, are very popular of these different characters, and people love to get the boxes autographed, uh, which, you know, William Shatner would autograph whatever you wanted him to autograph, pretty much. I had people show up with record albums from earlier in his career where he was a part of a record album. They had him sign that. I had whole families show up. It was like a, a family experience. We're going to Fan X. Let's all get together and go down and meet some of our favorite celebrities. And, you know, you got mom and dad and three teenagers and two kids under 10. I mean, and they're, they're all there just meet, wide-eyed meeting whoever the favorite celebrity is. It, is. it is a really fun event that brings families together as well. But anyway, it was just a blast to see people do this. And, and it, is, it is great to see people so happy. You know, we can, we can sit there, watch the news, and, and make a list of 10 things that are wrong in the world. Or you can go to Fan X, and it's like you've escaped the world, and this is heaven. This is, I mean, this is just people going around to exhibits. The costumes that people wear are unbelievable. I got on this, this train called the Front Runner, which literally takes me about, I don't know, 40 miles north from Spanish Fork, Utah, or from Provo, Utah, up to Salt Lake City. And then it's only a couple of blocks, uh, basically on the subway system that's there. It's called Tracks, over to the Salt Palace where this convention is. The cost to ride that train, 40 miles, then transfer. In fact, it's even better. I get on a bus, and I, I a bus that stops three doors down from my mother's house in Spanish Fork, Utah, my 92-year-old wonderful mother. I went out and spent time with her in the evenings, and et cetera, and that was a blast as well. I, I leave her, her house. I turn right. I walk three houses down. I go across the street, and I'm at a bus stop. The bus comes and picks me up, and because I'm a volunteer at Fan X, they give me a Utah Transit Authority bus pass, basically. It's a transit pass that is good for the three-day period. I swipe that. Boom, I'm good. The green light goes on. I get on the bus. The bus takes me through a couple of towns, and about 20 minutes later, I end up at the train station in Provo, Utah. I get off the bus. I literally walk around the corner. I flash the pass again. I hop on a train. That train takes me to Salt Lake City, about 40 miles away. I get off the train. I catch the next bus. It takes me about three blocks, winding through the downtown Salt Lake area. I hop off, and I'm at... I'm at the Salt Palace where the Fan X convention is. That, that is just, and, and by the way, if I didn't have the pass, that entire trip one way would cost me $5.10. It used to cost me $6.10, but when I turned 65, I guess I got a discount. Now it's $5.10. Now beat that, okay? That's unbelievable. So anyway, I'm having a great time. They check me in when I get there on Thursday. They give me my passes. I had a sister that wanted to come and be a part of this. And these brilliant guys at FanX give me a, uh, a wristband that I then give to my sister when she comes up Saturday morning, and she gets in free. And she gets to go around and see all these people and everything like that. So she had a blast. That was fun. But I'm working over on day three, Saturday afternoon. They put me over in the back to the future area 
working outside where Michael J. Fox is going to be signing autographs. And in fact, before I, before I go there, let me back up one more thing, because I, I need to do a shout-out to a guy named William Zabka. Now, if you know the name of William Zabka, Z-A-B-K-A, you may not know that name. You may know that name instantly. He's in the Karate Kid movies. He's the blonde-haired kid that is the nemesis of the Karate Kid. He's the bad guy in these movies, William Zabka. Now, what's kind of cool is that the way they set up Celebrity Row, right behind the backdrop for William Zabka and the Karate Kid, both, by the way, both were both there next to each other, separate booths and stuff, but they're next to each other. If you walk out the back of that booth, you're then in kind of a little bit of an open area, which is the area where the volunteers like me get together and get breaks, and we meet there in the morning for team meetings and stuff like that. So there's also a restroom just down the walkway for the volunteers back in there. So I guess on day two, in the morning after I arrived, I go back there, I want to drop my backpack off, I walk over to the restroom, I walk in the restroom, and there is William Zabka by himself getting ready to go out and start an autograph session. Now, this is the Karate Kid's nemesis. This is the bully, right? This guy is in great shape. He looks probably, I don't know, 10 or 15 years younger than he really is, I think. He just has a very crisp, good, active-looking look about him. And I walk in the bathroom, and he's there by himself, and I walk in. He doesn't know me. I, of course, know who he is. But I walk past him, and then that scene from The Karate Kid enters my mind in the first one where William is seated in a, in a bathroom stall, right? And the Karate Kid comes in and, and puts a hose up over the top and turns on the water and sprays William with water. Remember that scene? Well, I'm going, I'm, I'm about to walk into one of the, the stalls there, and I went, hey, this is like that scene in reverse. So I realized it, and I turned around, and I went back to, to William, and I said, I said, hey, just so you know, I'm about to walk into one of these, booth, these stalls down here, and if you want to, you can just throw the hose over the top, turn it on, and it'll be payback experience for you. Well, he immediately starts to laugh. And he goes, no, that's the other guy's line. That's the other guy's move. And I went, well, but this is a chance for you to kind of, you know, get somebody back and be on the other side of the stall. He, he laughed at that, too. So I made, a, I made a friendship with William Zabka. And ironically, on Saturday morning, unplanned, I go back in there to the restroom, and guess who's standing there combing his hair? William Zabka. And I, he recognized me. I said hi to him. And I said, hey, I'm back in case you want another shot at it, you know, something like that. Well, it's just we're just kind of joking about it. And he is a very nice guy um, getting all ready to go out and meet people and do what he does. And I just told him, I, I said, I had my, my Washington Nationals baseball cap, the red baseball cap on. And I just said, hey, if you need anything or your assistant needs anything during the day, just let me know. Just look for the, the Washington Nationals baseball cap. I said, be happy to help you with anything you need. One of the nicest guys in the world. I'm, I'm a big fan of his. I just think he's a classy guy, and he, they put him in the right part for that. He did a brilliant job, but he's also one of the nicest guys around. William Zabka, Z-A-B-K-A, a.k.a. the Karate Kid's nemesis. So it is now Saturday afternoon. I told you when I started this show that I'm talking about greatness today. Um, Saturday afternoon, they assigned me to just, they needed some help over in Michael J. Fox's area. 
because of just what's happening over there. And I want to just, I, I looked this up this morning as I was thinking about this show. The definition of the word greatness is the quality of being great, distinguished, or eminent. One more time. The quality of being great, distinguished, or eminent. Now, there's a reason why this year at Sanex they blocked off a big chunk of real estate in the Salt Palace back in the corner for Michael J. Fox. He is the probably the most popular actor who's going to be there. He has one of the most intriguing stories. And I'm telling you, I saw greatness from this guy for about four hours last Saturday. Let me tell you what I mean. They, they brought the, uh, the DeLorean. They, they brought a DeLorean in. All, I guess the DeLorean from the show, I assume. You know, with all of its lights on, all its colored lights inside. And you could pay some money to go sit inside the seat, have your, your photo taken sitting inside the DeLorean. But what's cool about the way they did this is that they had information on some tables out in front talking about the Michael J. Fox Foundation. Michael learned that he had Parkinson's disease in his late 20s when he was filming Family Ties, one of the most popular television sitcoms in the country. He didn't tell anybody for a while, and pretty soon his hands would start to shake a little bit, and he couldn't hide it on camera. And so eventually they, you know, he disclosed that he had Parkinson's disease. That's back in his late 20s. He's now 62. Okay? He's been battling this disease for, what is that, 33 years? He has raised over a billion, that's with a B, a billion dollars for Parkinson's research. And he sums up the goal of the Michael J. Fox Foundation so well when out in front on one of the display tables, it simply says, our goal is to get rid of Parkinson's disease and then to go out of business. Now, that's brilliant. It really is about battling this disease. He's raised a billion dollars for this. Now, that is just great. That's what it is. It's greatness. That is remarkable. Also, on these tables, he has a bunch of other information there. He has a jar where you can put cash in the jar. And the, and the sign in front of that jar says something like, you're welcome to take photos, but first we'd appreciate it if you'd make a contribution towards getting rid of Parkinson's disease and then take your photos. Now, there's nobody there policing you. There's nobody telling you, oh, don't do that. You know, you have to pay first. Nothing. He's just basically saying, put some money in, help us with this disease, and then take all the photos you want. You know, the photos of the DeLorean, the photos of posters of Michael J. Fox, that kind of stuff. And, you know, just a great approach to what he's doing. Now, that was the entrance to the area where he is. You then lined up in one of two lines, and these were sessions. I'm going to guess there are probably four sessions each day, maybe five, in, in two different parts. Session number one, we'll call it, is to line up to get Michael J. Fox's autograph. Session number two is to the right of that, where you also line up to go in and get a photo opportunity with him. They asked me on Saturday afternoon to help out in session number one as about 200 people, again, think of Walt Disney World here on a busy day, 200 people 
with all the stuff they want to get signed, are lined up zigzagging back and forth in this little maze until they get up to the entrance through some black curtains where you'll get a chance to meet Michael J. Fox and get his autograph. What they needed me to do was to be on the opposite side of the entrance of the line to lift up a little bar to let ADA, you know, hearing impaired, etc., people come in um, to, to have access to the front of the line so they didn't have to stand in the line, sit in the line in wheelchairs, etc. We're trying to give them a little bit of a priority entrance. So what my, a guy named Zach, who was another volunteer, what he told me was, he said, let, some, let a group of ADA folks in about every th- you know, fourth or fifth group of people. So that was my job. But what it did was it put me up at the front of the black curtain area behind which is Michael J. Fox. So it put me in that area. Now, you can't just see straight through the curtain, but you can see an outline and a shape and some other stuff. You just can't see him straight straight on, but you can through the, the part in the curtains. And so as, as people got their stuff ready, this wonderful lady came out from behind the curtains who works with Michael, I guess, and said, please have all your stuff ready, out, ready to sign, have your tickets ready. It is a very, and this is me saying, it's a very fast-moving line. Now, let me tell you what I saw through the curtains, which illustrates what greatness is. I don't know how tall Michael J. Fox is. He's, like, he's under six feet, but he's not as tall as Biff, and he's not as big as Biff. And Michael's been battling Parkinson's disease for 33 years. So he is seated in the middle of this whole area behind the black curtains, facing me, but he can't sit up straight. He's slouched over a little bit which means when he signs an autograph right-handed, his arm in his hand is going to be a little higher than what you and I would, would do if we were sitting behind a table to sign somebody's autograph. That makes it harder, okay? That's my point. He is seated there, and when it's ready to go, boy, is it like a factory. The, 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 the closest thing I could remember to that, that I can you know, say that this was like <laughs> came from the... I love Lucy, Lucy show when Lucy and Ethel are working in the chocolate factory and the candy starts coming down the conveyor belt faster and faster. And their job was to, you know, box the candy, etc. It was almost as if Michael J. Fox was going to autograph each piece of candy and he didn't miss one. That's how fast he was. These people would go into the booth on the left side or into the area on the left side. And I'm telling you, it was 10 seconds later, 15 seconds later, and they were coming out on the other side. So what you didn't get to do, you didn't get to stand there and have a chat with Michael J. Fox. There's no time. And he's not in a position to do that, really. You go in, you take what you have, he signs it, and you come out the other side. I watched people take guitars in and get those signed. People had 8 by 10 photos. People had the, the boxes that the pop bobbleheads come in, you know, for Marty McFly. They had brought those and they had put them in cellophane containers or sleeve, plastic sleeves, and then they took the box out. It's a very guarded thing. You're very careful with, with this merchandise. And you have him sign just the box, and then you put the pop item back inside it later, and then you have a collectible item. I had guys come through that had 10 different sleeves of pops for Marty McFly inserted in their plastic sleeves 
with a yellow sticky note on each one of those sleeves. The first one said yellow and pointed to the area where they wanted Michael to sign it in yellow. The next one said blue, then red, then green, then purple. They had color-coded these, and they wanted him to sign all of these using different colored pens, which he did, because I saw them going in, and I saw them when they came out, and Michael J. Fox's signature was there exactly the way that they wanted it done in the appropriate colored pen. Folks, this is a guy with Parkinson's disease. You shake when you have Parkinson's disease. You can't control your nerves very well, right? And the auto, he would do 200 of these autographs in one session, and then it was time to take a break. I saw, you know, I saw photos. I saw posters. I saw guitars. I saw skateboards. I saw hoverboards. I saw, you know, plastic hoods from a DeLorean gray car. I saw entire plastic model cars of a DeLorean taken in and all came out the other side in rapid succession signed by this brilliant actor. Now, we're just getting into the good stuff here, folks. So we got more to tell you. But that I'm just an observer volunteering at the FanX convention in Salt Lake, and I'm watching greatness happen right in front of my eyes, 200 people, one person at a time, by this brilliant actor out of Canada. So we'll take a break for a minute. We'll come back and we'll finish the show. We're still talking about Michael J. Fox. I saw pure, pure greatness by this guy for about four hours on Saturday. And I want all of you to know what I saw. You're listening to the Junk Refund Show. This is Alan Cook, your host. We'll be back in about a minute. Have you ever hired one of those expensive junk removal companies, then wondered what they did with the stuff? Especially the good stuff. At 1-800-JUNK-REFUND, we junk the junk. Recycle stuff like metal and wire. Donate items and get you receipts. And put up for sale the good stuff. And if it sells, you get some money back. Cynthia paid $375 for junk removal and got $3,200 back. Would you like to know how she did it? Tune in to the Junk Refund Show with your host, Alan J. Cook, every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time to get the junk not only out of your home, but also out of your life. Welcome back, folks. We're talking about greatness and what we're, as I saw it at the FanX convention in Salt Lake City last week, but what we're really talking about is Michael J. Fox, this brilliant Canadian actor who came down for the weekend with Parkinson's disease that he's battled for 33 years to give hundreds, that's actually thousands, to give thousands of fans a one-on-one opportunity to meet him. Um, they asked me the last day to volunteer as a volunteer because my friends run this whole thing. I'd like to support them and help them out. They asked me to work over in the area where I would. I I was letting people get in line that uh, that deserved a break to get in line. You know, when you go to an airport and it's time to board the plane, if you're in a wheelchair or you need extra time to board, they let you board first, right? Well, I was the guy at the Michael J. Fox area, Back to the Future, that would lift up the bar create an opening so some of these folks could get in line up in front to get in to meet Michael J. Fox. So 
I did a couple of a couple of sessions when I was there of just autographs, and I'm guessing they're all timed. This was all sold out in advance. You bought your tickets online. It's two hundred and twenty-five dollars per autograph, not per person, folks. Per autograph to get his autograph, and there's two hundred deep in a line. And then we let all of those people go through, and then I saw pure greatness again. I mean, I really did. As the crowd is done. And they've all come out with their signed items. One of these folks, in fact, two of these people, by the way, just to show you what I saw, two of them came with 35 Back to the Future VHS tapes still in the box. And they paid $225 a piece to have those 35 VHS tapes signed. That's two people, 35 signatures for Michael J. Fox. I'll let you do the math on what 35 times 225 is. It's big. That's what they paid to get his signature on 35 VHS Back to the Future tapes. Okay? So they came out. They were thrilled. Everybody was thrilled. Everybody just, boy, people came out with their guitars signed by Michael J. Fox, and it's like it was Christmas morning in Salt Lake City. They just, you know, they, they had traveled from who knows where, many of them local, many of them from out of state, to come and, and meet him. And Michael was the big calling card this year, and his fellow actors from the Back to the Future series were there. So after Michael autographed, can you imagine, in perfect help, can you imagine autographing 250 autographs in probably less than five minutes, maybe 10 minutes, let's say? It is an assembly line. He has a, Michael has a staff back there. You get your item out. They put it on a table. You get it ready to be signed. They slide it down the table. It gets to him. Michael signs it. In time for the next autograph, you move on. So you're not back there chatting. You're back there to get an autograph. And boy, did they streamline it to make it as easy as possible on Michael. But then let me tell you what I saw. The crowd that I was supposed to help with is now gone. Everything has been signed. 200 plus people came out the other side of the black curtained maze with big smiles on their faces. Thrilled, by the way. They just spent 225 bucks to get an autograph, and they were thrilled. You know, They come out the other side, clutching the items that have Michael's signature. But then you got Michael. Michael's got Parkinson's, and Michael is seated at a table. He's kind of slumped down a little bit because he can't sit up straight. You got Michael back at the table. Michael now, with some help, stands up, turns around, and needs to take about six or seven steps to disappear into a small back room where he gets to sit in a chair or lie down or take a break. Now, let me tell you what I saw. I saw the, this wonderful guy fight, all caps, fight for every step that he took. He would have to swing his right leg around to the right side kind of like an old cowboy would, so to speak. Swing his leg around to the right side. Swing his left leg around to the left side. Swing his right leg to the right. Swing his left leg around to the right. This guy fought for every step that he took. And there were only six or seven steps. Not a big thing for most of us. It was a battle for him just to take some steps. And when he got back behind this other curtain, so he could lie down and sit down and kind of take a break. He had an assistant who helped him actually sit down. 
He did not have an assistant help him take the steps. But when it came time to kind of get him to help him sit down so he could sit down, an assistant was there on his team that helped him to do that. Now, that's one autograph session of 200 people. He did this Friday, and he did it Saturday. And I was just there for the last couple on Saturday. I'm going to guess he probably did at least three or four of these sessions, just the autograph signing sessions, each day for two days. He then gets about a 20-minute break, maybe a half-hour break, where he's kind of collecting himself, etc. back there. Then he stands up. They give him some help, and his, now, his job now is to walk 20 feet to the left so they can help him get up on a small riser and sit in a chair so that all these folks who want to get a photo with him can now come in and sit, on, sit next to him and have a photo taken. This is part two of the Michael J. Fox experience, which you also paid for if you wanted this experience. Now, just think about this. On a regular day, world-famous movie star, let's just assume you're in perfect health. You've just signed 250 autographs. You've then had a break. Now you're going next door. Oh, by the way, it's really hard for you to take a step in any direction. Now you've got to climb up on a riser. Then you've got to sit down in a chair. Oh, and by the way, you can't look tired, and you can't frown. This is a photo op where people are going to take a photo with you and show it to who knows who, knows who that they're going to cherish. So it would kind of be nice if you could smile, right, and make it look like you don't have Parkinson's disease for 33 years. Michael goes in there, sits up in that chair, and person after person, another 150 people, Different people, probably mostly different people than the ones who just went through the line to get his autograph, come up in front, arrange to have a selfie done, or they'll take a, a professional shot for you. And Michael is there smiling 150 to 200 times, no complaints. Now, I'm here to tell you that wears out anybody in perfectly good health because every photo that's about to be taken You've got to smile and you've got to look good because that's what's going to show up in the photo. Right? So this is no joke. This is work. But particularly for a guy who's been battling Parkinson's for 33 years. He did a brilliant job at those photos. I could see the, the photos through the cut in the curtains here. I could kind of see the photos taking place. The smile on his face. You know, just the people who were thrilled to be there, and, and hats off to these people. People know about his physical condition. They know about the struggles that he has. And, you know, nobody walked up and, you know, instantly hugged him or asked him to do a high five or whatever. People were very respectful and of his condition. But, boy, did he go out of his way to make this experience a great experience for any of his fans who had traveled to be there with him. This was pure greatness on display at a convention in the Salt Palace in Salt Lake City last week. The convention ran three days. Michael came in for Friday and Saturday. He was the biggest draw and the biggest name at the convention. And let me explain to you what else I saw. This was a great scene to, to watch as well. If you can kind of picture this, the, the, 
the celebrity row at FanX is, is a big open area, and around the outside walls is where you put the individual booths for all the celebrities to be there, right? Um, remember the cast of Saved by the Bell? They were there, right? Four or five of those folks were there. I got to say hi to a couple of them right at the end. Um, and it was, I mean, all kinds of all kind, famous people who, who's um, Cynthia V. Everybody who's younger than me probably knows who Cynthia V is. She is the voice of a cartoon character that everybody knows who it is. I can't recall it off the top of my head, but everybody loves her. I met a girl on the train going up to the convention, all dressed up in an outfit. So I asked her, I said, who is the person you most want to see? And she said, Cynthia V. And I couldn't remember the name. I looked it up when I got there. I went, I wonder who is this person that's letting this girl on to see? Well, I, I kind of got it. And I went over by that booth and I watched her sign autographs. And it was just really fun. But the brilliant thing to see was just the, the greatness of, of these folks doing what they did and making it such a great experience for the fans. Um, I... A number of different celebrities there, 93 of them in total, and it was just a great it was a great thing to watch, and it was a great thing to to be a part of. Um, Michael stole the show, and and it was all about what can I do to make it a great experience for somebody else, and you know, and it's not like a one on one thing. You try to give people that feeling, but there are 199 lined up behind you, so. You just do it as well as you can, as fast as you can, and as great as you can. And the highlight of this whole thing was Michael J. Fox. So back to this other thing that I saw. I, as, as This convention is set up, big open area, and then they basically set up booths using curtains and metal poles, vertical metal poles and curtains and stuff, to give you a little booth yourself. But those booths are open except for Michael J. Fox's area. Michael's area is like a maze. He's insulated by a few rows of vertical, you know, drapes, we'll call them, for some privacy and et cetera. And it's a big area that they've kind of cordoned off for him. But as, as, these, as, I, as I went to Tom Wilson, as I stood in front of Tom Wilson's booth, Biff's booth, so to speak, Biff would have 10 people, 20 people, 30 people lined up to get his autograph. And so he could autograph those and meet people pretty quickly. And he was very good at it. Saturday afternoon, I guess when Biff had a, had a break, as I'm standing down on the convention floor and Michael is in signing, you know, in the midst of signing 200 autographs, who shows up in the balcony above Michael, but Biff, Tom Wilson by himself, he's walking along the edge of the balcony. And he's looking down on the activity going on where Michael J. Fox is. And he's looking at hundreds of people with all kinds of items lining up and making their way through the maze to meet Michael J. Fox. Now, that was a great thing to watch because here you have two great actors, one of them who is probably, I don't know, I'm going to guess Biff is 6'1", 6'2", and maybe... 200 pounds, something like that, 210 maybe, something like that. And here you got Michael down below, signing autographs, struggling just to sit up straight, really, at the table. Smaller guy, smaller physical build, 
made even smaller because of Parkinson's disease. So here you have Biff up in the rafters, up above, by himself, looking down over this site below him, where his co-star is down there, signing hundreds of autographs. And occasionally people down in Michael's line would, you know, make a whistle or make a motion and kind of wave up to Biff and he would acknowledge them and he would wave back. But I was dying to know what was going through Biff's mind when he watched this. I'm going to tell you what I think it was. It wasn't envy. It wasn't, you know, what man, how come 200 people aren't lined up at my booth? It had nothing to do with money. It had nothing to do with movies or popularity because I watched him. He stayed up there for a little while and he just looked down on this site. And I think what he was thinking was that the time is getting closer and closer where I'm probably going to lose my buddy, my co-star. And that's got to be a little bit tough, you know, even for the bully in the movie, right? You think about the memories, you think about what that movie and it's, I guess we're three of them. You think about what those movies did for the careers of these two guys and everybody else in there. It was a major, major life changing experience for them. But here's the big guy, the bully, nice as can be, by the way, folks, real life, nice as can be, standing up above, looking down at his fellow co-star, struggling to sign hundreds of autographs, who is going to have a, it's going to take everything he's got to take six or seven steps away from the autograph table, get back into a more private room where he can probably lie down and catch his breath to get ready for part two, which is going to be the photo ops that are going to take place next door in about 30 minutes later. Biff walks upstairs, walks downstairs, comes out from behind the table, greets people in his line, says hi to everybody, cracks jokes. He's just as nice a guy as you can imagine and a very pleasant guy and an outgoing, fun-loving, awesome guy. This guy could write a book about how to be the celebrity and make everybody feel like they're my best friend. He could write that book easily. That's what he did with me. That's how he made me feel. But he's up in the rafters, up, in, up on top. He's a floor above. He's looking down over the railing at his buddy, Michael J. Fox, who is down below, struggling to do everything he can to sign the autographs and, and take care of people. And I, don't, I was not there close enough to watch just how, how much of a struggle it was, or maybe even if it was a struggle to sign that autograph. But I saw hundreds of those autographs come out, and they were clean, and they were fresh, and they were smooth. And so maybe actually signing it didn't take as much, as much uh, you know, willpower as I'm suggesting it did. But just being there to make it a fan experience for hundreds of people at a time takes a lot of energy, even for somebody who's in great shape. I loved that contrast of, of Biff up in the rafters looking down on his buddy who's been battling Parkinson's for 33 years and is signing hundreds of autographs as fast as he can sign them for people as fast as they can get them through there so that they can cut down on the amount of time that Michael has to take to do the signing. That was a choice sight to see. And I don't know that many people saw it because they weren't in the position that dumb luck of the draw put me in. 
But I loved the contrast of that. I loved, I loved the lesson that was there. I want to go back to what I said at the beginning of this show, which is about greatness, folks. I just wanted to go back one more time and read the definition of greatness. Greatness is the quality of being great, distinguished, or eminent. And I'm telling you, as a witness who was there, that Michael J. Fox could write that book tomorrow. And if he did, you and I should buy it. It was pure greatness right in front of me. And I loved the fact that I was able to be there to witness it. Because in the day-to-day life, and you know this as well as I do, you don't come across greatness that often firsthand. But I did on Saturday at the hands of a brilliant Canadian actor named Michael J. Fox. And I tip my hat to him and his crew. And just want to tell you, remember this, remember what greatness is, the quality of being great, distinguished, or eminent. Michael J. Fox is exactly that. And I was grateful that I had the chance to see greatness purely, naturally happen right in front of my eyes last Friday and Saturday at the Salt Palace in Salt Lake City at Fan X. Thank you for listening to the show. I'm going to go out and try and do some great things this week (laughs) in the junk removal business, but it's going to be nothing compared to what Michael J. Fox does for thousands of people every day in one way or another around the world. I just tip my hat to him, and I, I can't say enough great things about him. He is pure greatness. We'll end with that. Thanks, folks. We'll see you next week, Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern on the Junk Refund Show. Thank you for listening to the Junk Refund Show, the longest-running junk removal radio show on the air. Join us next week as we discuss innovative ways to declutter your home, your business, and your life using 20 years of junk removal experience. Find out why we give out free ice cream gift cards to our clients, too. In upcoming shows... We will explore how to get the junk out of your relationships, your spiritual life, your waistline, even your travel life. Plus, call in with questions and situations you would like some help with. At 1-800-JUNK-REFUND, we are committed to bringing the next generation of junk removal because not all junk is junk. See you next week on the Junk Refund Show every Thursday afternoons at 3 p.m. Eastern Time right here on BBS Radio TV.